Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Hi, this is Christy Walsh with Surfing the Psychic Waves, and welcome to the fourth episode on Inflow Radio. We're surfing the astrology waves today and taking a look to the skies as we wind up 2018. My special guest star surfer today is Elizabeth Pendleton of Elizabeth's Oracle. She's a light worker, astrologer, and a musician, and she's been giving readings for over 20 years for surfers around the globe. Her musical credentials include a professional singer-songwriter certificate from Berkeley Online, where she presently studies music production and has a background in the Celtic harp. You can find out more about Elizabeth's Oracle or to get a reading, go to elizabethsoracle.co. So we've talked on the show about meditation and healing, but today we're going to talk about the energy of the planets and the stars and how I kind of started approaching astrology early on in my psychic career, whatever that's called. Um, A meditation that I sort of found along the way is to choose a planet or a centaur, or maybe I was bugging the moon that day, um, where you can actually merge with that object and you can travel out to it, you can jump inside of it. So however you imagine it, you can tap into this energetic resource of any of the planets and learn something new. So sometimes you know exactly what Earth energy is and what's going on with you and Earth energy, and sometimes you can't quite grasp it. So that's kind of how I started to think bigger, and I kept asking, like, what else could I do? So somehow... I stumbled upon this idea that what if I wasn't on Earth, then I could look back and figure out what what was going on. And so this practice only led me to see how fascinating the Earth actually is. So in this idea, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to the sun. I don't know why, maybe it's Egyptian past life or something, Um, but I wanted to know like what's in there. So like, sun, why are you so hot? Like, what's, what's up with you? What's going on there? So for me, it started like this dialogue, and it became like this being. It became like this other energy I could just talk to. So in my meditations, I kind of get there. I hang out in there with some of my other solar friends, and we talk, and we send energy back to the earth. We send it back to myself sometimes. Sometimes it's all about me. <laughs> sometimes it's to world situations. Sometimes we send a solar healing out to earth events like hurricanes or just other unsettled areas on the earth for more movement or loving vibrations or just, just anything else than something that's dark or dismal. And at the very least, at least I've learned something new in that meditation or I at least was trying to help in some way. Um, as I just kind of move through meditation. So I've talked about magnetism too, and it's kind of a little bit hard to explain, but when you play with the energy of the planets, you start to sense this sort of push and pull of the planets themselves. And I'm talking about the usual planets like Jupiter or Venus, which you'll hear more about today. And I'm friends with them all, even Pluto, who really, really gets a bad rap. But there are so many astral objects out there to check out, and there are no limits. So you never really run out of energy to play with. And after a while, you realize you're just not alone. 
So with that, I'd like to welcome my my guest, Elizabeth Pendleton, who's going to talk to us a little bit more about how to distill these energies down by using astrology. And hopefully we'll get some guidance out there in the world today as we finish up 2018. I can't believe this year is almost over. So welcome, Elizabeth. So happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. And hello to everyone who is listening. Welcome. Welcome. So, my gosh, we have so much to talk about. So right now, sun's in Libra. Yes. I think so. And I think we're coming up on a giant Venus retrograde. We Something's have just going on. started it. Yes, we started the Venus retrograde just a couple of days ago, and that will be in effect until November 16th. Ooh. So what, what, tell, talk to me about the energy of Venus and kind of what it, it's sort of moving around in people's energies. Sure. So there's a couple of things that we look at. We, we talk about the energy of the planet and what it represents. And then we also have to look at where it is. Um, in other words, Venus is in Scorpio right now. It got all the way up to 10 degrees of Scorpio and then started the, this retrograde. And it's going to retrograde back home into Libra, which is one of the two planets that Venus calls home. It's Taurus and Libra, for those who follow. And then we also put it in the bigger context of what's going on in the whole neighborhood, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean, of our solar system. And I know you know a lot of people who also follow all the asteroids, and I've, I've kind of gotten to be like the mom with 10 kids, and I just can't take on another four. <laughs> it's just keeping up with these 10, you know, the planets and the nodes. But it's um, so interesting that we're doing your show um, because Venus is relationships. And so we're having this retrograde stuff. And a lot of your listeners will be familiar with the Mercury retrograde. And we do have one of those coming up. Uh, the next one actually starts the day that Venus goes direct um, in November. Um, but Venus can be revisiting past relationships, whether it's a love relationship or not. And I would also say Venus does have a connection because it also is one of, you know, it rules Taurus. Um, it's the material world or what we enjoy, where we find pleasure in the five senses. So this could also be about financial news for people. Um, and of course, you know, we look at the individual's chart and where that is going over. So in other words, for people who have a lot in Libra and Scorpio in their chart or something significant there, Venus is going to be mingling with that as it goes retrograde. So it starts to sort of combine with other energies. Of course. Yeah, you can, we can never take just, you know, one out of context. We look at how they move around um, and how they, um, you know, interact with one another. Yeah, so I think we call that transits or conjunctions or things like that. Sure, like each time that a planet moves through a, a sign, or through, we call that a transit, where it's what it's moving through. So like the sun is transiting Libra right now, we would say. And uh, the conjunctions are when two planets um, or more are at the exact same place. So we, we always have a conjunction at a new moon because the moon and the sun, like we just had yesterday, were at the same exact degrees of Libra. It was like 15 degrees and something minutes. So that's a conjunction when they're, they're in the exact same place. And then we look at the other angles that um, the more, we tend to think of the more difficult ones as oppositions. And that's, that should be kind of 
obvious to people when you're opposite of something um, or in opposition to it. And then the squares are when they're 90 degrees apart. And so there's a, you know, one is going one way, one is going the other. I tend to think that the squares are more challenging, but the ones that we look at that we like are the are the trines because they always have to end up in the same element. In other words, water can't trine earth. Water has to trine water. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah, and fire has to trine fire because they're um, 120 degrees apart. So they, they're always in the same element. Um, and then the sextiles are nice too because they're either in a positive polarity, the earth and water signs, or they're outgoing, uh, you know, male, um, so, you know, so it's you know, fire and air. So the, those have an agreement too. Like they understand each other. So yeah, we look at all those combinations and of course they keep changing, which keeps it interesting. Yeah, they keep moving around. Like Jupiter, Jupiter's up to no good again. It's doing something. Oh, well, Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiter, Jupiter. Well, the good news is Jupiter next month on the 8th. I'm so glad we got to catch up today because we are right on the precipice of so much change that's coming up during the Sun through Scorpio cycle. And um, Jupiter is kind of the star of that, although there is a lot going on in that cycle. Jupiter will be changing signs on November 8th and coming home into Sagittarius. Um, But you are right in that it has been in Scorpio for about a year now. And that is also the 12th house for Jupiter. Jupiter's normally really fun. <laughs> it wants to yeah. expand. It wants to live large. It has, a, you know, whatever we're doing, it's expanding um, now. But when you expand Scorpio energy, that yeah, that's a little, you know, that's, a, you know, um, speaking, you know, like current events, I, I said, we're going to see a lot about sexual trauma, abuse, all those kinds of things that Scorpio tends to bring up. And literally, it was like the day Jupiter went into Scorpio, the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke. So it was like right on time. And so we were just still dealing with issues of abuse and the Scorpio rules of the sexual organs. So, you know, those kinds of topics, but its real purpose is healing because it's, you know, symbolized, it symbolizes um, transformation. So it's, it's really about us trying to heal things. So, but yeah, a little, little bit of a difficult placement for Jupiter. Yeah, so I wonder if things will calm down a little bit as I think they yes. Yeah, I th- I think it's going to lighten up quite a bit. Um the the other thing that's happening next month is that the nodes of the moon are shifting from Leo Aquarius, which are fixed signs into Cancer Capricorn, which are cardinal, but it also takes some of this pressure off all the fixed energies um for people who are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, or Aquarius. Um, If the last couple of years, you know, you guys think back of that great American eclipse and, you know, uh, last year and a little before that, um, the pressure's really been on the fixed sign. So if you guys have been going through a harder time than usual, yeah, this is where um, things are starting to lighten up. Um, We've had Mars and Aquarius that's another fixed sign. Uranus and Taurus, a fixed sign. The nodes hanging out on Aquarius, Leo, and of course, Jupiter and Scorpio. So all that fixed energy is just, and we had the Mars retrograde this year. It, interestingly enough, it went into Aquarius, the fixed Earth sign, um, right around the time Uranus made that big transition into fixed 
Taurus. So that's a tough energy because that creates our squares. Um, so, you know, people, those parts of their charts have definitely been, you know, in a you know more challenged space. But yeah. again, Mars leaves next month. Um, Jupiter well, Where's leaves Mars month. going? Mars, this is how it's going into Pisces. <laughs> and we love all our Pisces listeners, but as you can imagine, this is a challenging place for Mars to be. Mars is, you know, it rules the Aries. It's fire, it's our aggression, it's our energy, it's our motivation to get up and get stuff done. And, you know, Pisces would just much rather put on some headphones and listen to psychedelic music, you know, or uh, go diving under the water, you know. Um, so it's it's interesting, but to me, there's a correlation, all joking aside, um, because this Venus retrograde being in Scorpio because of the way that it's moving, it's not going to get out of Scorpio until the very beginning of next year, which is about when Mars Mars will finish Pisces the end of the year. But both Scorpio and Pisces are all about healing. I mean, Pisces is 12th sign. So we're completing things. It's about integration. So we say, what have I learned? What do I need to heal? Um, And very much that work with um, Venus in Scorpio and Jupiter as it hits these very strong degrees of Scorpio before it changes signs next month. A lot of of shamanic work going on um, in the stars. Oh, my God. And then Venus sort of, we kind of talk about Venus as being sort of female and Mars as being male. And I wonder if that's even true anymore. With all this water, you know, so Venus being in Scorpio, that's water sign, and then Mars and Pisces. Right, there's a the there's a nice. Sign. Well, like I was saying, they work harmoniously because it's a trine. They're working in a, you know, Mars definitely is going to be more mellowed out in Pisces, <laughs> whether it likes it or not. You know, that says just, um, you know, and also we've got Neptune in Pisces right now, and that's that, home sign. Oh, massive. Massive influence. So it will definitely be softening that Mars energy. That's really great. It's like finally <laughs> a little breathing room. Yeah. To kind of collect our, our thoughts. So tell me a little bit more about like the nodes. So when I say like North Node or South Node, it, it seems like I'm always talking about the moon. Is that is that all there sure. is? Well, okay, <laughs> to so, the notes. So I mean, no, the notes actually talk about they're, they they change signs about every eighteen months, and interestingly, they move backwards through the zodiac. So that's a little you know unusual. Um, and what they are thought to represent, the North Node is collectively where we're heading, the lessons we're learning. And the south node is where we've been kind of, like if we look at your natal chart, Mm -hmm. um, and let's say someone had a cancer south node. So that means to me in the last life or, you know, whatever information they came with, they are excellent caregivers, whether they are in nursing or healthcare, or it's somebody with a big family or somebody who just, you know, they could even be in... um, you know, some kind of home services type thing. And it just is natural to them. People who love kids, um, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. They're just nurturing energy. Um, Now, the North Node would be what you're trying to learn this lifetime. Um, So the opposite of cancer is Capricorn. So that's about being 
successful in the material world, getting out of the house, accomplishing something. Um, Capricorn really works hard for goals, is very determined, um, and, you know, it really wants to achieve something. So um, then when we translate that to say, okay, well, where are the nodes at? At a particular time, we would look at how they interact on our specific chart, our, our own natal chart, but we can also kind of generally say, um, like, now that we're finishing up with the North Node in Leo, where have we, you know, where have issues of leadership in the world come from? You know, where, you know, we're, we're working on trying to um, improve our leadership skills, be better leaders, um, and and all those things that Leo does, and and the, you know, the opposite um, would be Aquarius. Got it. So it's just, there's just so much there that you could just spend most of your time looking at your own chart. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there's so many, you know, the, the funny thing is I've been studying astrology, you know, very, you know, fairly seriously um, for a good 10 years plus, you know, now, and you'll read a book by someone and get a whole other piece of it, you know, another dimension of it will open up. Um, and like you said, with meditations, you know, people can connect with the energies. And I definitely, like if somebody is not feeling very motivated, I, I always say, get a big red Aries glyph, you know, and put it on your home screen and put a lot of red, you know, the color representing yeah. all that vitality and maybe a Mars symbol, you know, you can definitely work with with not only the planets, but the the signs as well. Yeah, I, you know, it's not like I think I'm this expert in astrology, but I have been getting acquainted, I think, with all of them mm-hmm. and, and how they move and go into different signs. I mean, I, I don't remember paying attention to the last time Venus was in Scorpio. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to see what I was doing back then. Yes, 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 yeah. And that's a, Venus is like an 18-month cycle, 18, 19-month cycle. So, you you know, you flip back to there. But the big difference is the retrogrades in a sign are definitely not as common. So it would have been a long time since you had a Venus retrograde in Scorpio. So you might want to look back to, you know, even that far. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing, retrogrades. Like we've, we always say they're, they're awful or, I mean, I know I have said that about Mercury retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) I think every, every person's had a, had a moment of consternation, (laughs) um, technical malfunction that just, you know, you want to ring that planet's So when does that start? Just in case. So that starts on the 16th of November. And if I remember correctly, the end date is um, December 6th. So it's, it's usually like three weeks, you know, um, it, it's not, you know, awful. This one, Mercury will have already been pretty far into Sagittarius joining the Jupiter party, and then it's going to have to slow down. And I think I was just looking, it comes out of the shadow period right before Christmas. So, you know, from the, you know, the old rules of thumb would be things like, okay, so that's happening over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, you know, just have your plans, you know, leave a little extra room for getting to the airport or pack carefully or, you know, those kinds of things. And on a deeper level, we would we would see which which things came up that just need to be reviewed, you know, re reintegrated. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I've noticed that more, maybe because I'm paying attention more, about the Mercury retrograde is that I do kind of go back over things in my mind, things that happened. It's a little bit of a reconciliation period, some kind. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's that's the whole benefit of it is, um, and I've noticed, and this may work for people listening, if you're a journaler or a writer, just writing about things, giving yourself like a um, timer, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, um, and just letting whatever comes out. And um, you could start with the phrase, I remember, and just go from there. Don't edit, don't correct grammar or spelling, just see what comes up. And if there are painful memories there, no shame in that. We all have them. Um, This All this scorpionic energy is all about healing them. And the Mars in Pisces is going to help with that. And they're all going to be helped by Pluto there in Capricorn, trying to give us a different structure. Yeah, different structure. So let's talk about Pluto, who gets a bad rap. (laughs) But for me, I'm a Scorpio, so uh, Pluto's kind of my friend. (laughs) Pluto's home. So what about Pluto and Capricorn? All right, so this started all the way back in 2008, and for people who um, are not that familiar with astrology, Pluto is our, we still consider it a planet in astrology, and it is the furthest out planet that we track, and it takes over 250 years to um, make a transit all the way around the entire zodiac, so The last time that we had Pluto in Capricorn before the current cycle was 1760 to 1778. Um, And so, of course, you know, like we think of all the, you know, incredible events that that started at that time, you know, namely the start of our country. So, um, and the time before that was actually during the Protestant Reformation. So, usually big cultural or meaningful, um, you know, Capricorn Mm -hmm. rules institutions, government, banking, and interestingly enough, at the very beginning of this current transit, of course, with the whole um, financial collapse was was happening. And that's just, I I think that was started by Saturn in Virgo because it went into there in 2007. I was like, oh, think about it. Saturn is all about structure. Virgo is meticulous. It is the bookkeeper of astrology. And, you know, right before that was Leo. And as anybody who knows a Leo, and I'm a Leo, so I'm going to say it, you know, knows Leo. <laughs> Leo isn't spending, you know, and maybe overspending. Um, Saturn, just that's just ugly, you know, because Saturn's really trying to clamp things down and put the brakes on it. And while it was in Leo, it's just a really big fight. And interestingly, that's when all the, you know, it was like people were just buying and flipping. And if you can flip two, why not three? Why not seven? And <laughs> and when Saturn came in in September 2007, I remember just saying, oh my God, you know, there's going to be a reckoning. Um, and that kind of preceded. So a year later, a year mm-hmm. and a couple months later, Pluto came to town. I was like, well, <laughs> here we go, you know, and it's in a fellow Earth sign. And it, like I said, it's the sign Capricorn of institutions, banking, systems. Systems. And Pluto is, is not here to be mean or take away somebody's house, but it is here to um, balance things out and to 
purify and to clear and to like if something was just too much it's you know it's it's clearing it and it will be i was pulling up all kinds of charts last night christy um getting ready for this show and it's going to be in capricorn um, more or less till the end of 2024 it will start to leave um and make its way into aquarius next but it will do a retrograde that year so that it does not, you know, 2024, so it does not leave um, Capricorn. So we're really overhauling um, our, our financial systems and our, and our structure and our government and our institutions. And Pluto's, again, kind of like that Scorpio energy we talked about, Pluto's obviously the ruler. Um, it's really here to bring a better way, to bring healing, to bring um, improvement and transformation. Yeah, Pluto. Pluto has a lot to do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like Pluto, but you know. (laughs) So with that, I think we'll take a little break and come back and talk a a little bit more about trines and Uranus and Neptune. Yeah, Uranus. Those guys. The big three. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. This is Christy Walsh. We hope you're enjoying the surf today. Come find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing, on SoundCloud or Facebook at Surfing the Psychic Waves, and check out the archives on inflowradio.com. Hey, I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277. That number again, 1-760-456-7277. And we're back. This is Christy Walsh, and we are surfing the astrology waves today with my guest star surfer, Elizabeth Pendleton of Elizabeth's Oracle. And so we've been talking about Pluto and other planets, and uh, now we're going to talk about a couple other ones that we hear every so often, Um, and that would be Neptune and Uranus. Yay. So who do you want the to big talk three. about? The big three. <laughs> the big three. Pluto, and, Neptune, and Uranus. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, these are the outer planets. So once we get beyond Saturn, you know, which is all that the ancient world knew, um, we start to discover these these other planets. And I'm pretty sure it was 1781, again, during this, you know, kind of revolutionary time that Uranus was discovered. And um Uranus it is just such an interesting, so we, it is a modern planet, and it's all about innovation, sometimes disruption, sometimes chaos, um, but it's about progressivism in the sense of changing things, innovating, improving, and earlier this year, it slipped into the fixed earth sign of Taurus, and that's what I mean, there was a lot <laughs> Um, working on the fixed sign people um, because it was squares and oppositions. Um, This is the beginning of a seven-year transit. Um, So it takes 
Uranus that long to go through a planet, um, excuse me, through a sign um, in 84 years to make it all the way around um, the Zodiac. So we, most of us have it in a sign, you know, we usually experienced it just once in a life. The interesting thing about everything that's happening right now is there's that Pluto, long Pluto transit happening till 2024 that Christy and I were just talking about. And Capricorn is an earth sign and Taurus is an earth sign. There are only three earth signs. Virgo is, of course, the the third one. But um, Capricorn is our initiating or cardinal one and Taurus is our fixed and what I was saying earlier about the trines, when you have a trine, you have harmonious energy. These two elements understand each other, and we're talking about Earth. Um, and so this has to do, again, with building things, construction, resources, um, and um, again, Uranus, a lot of people were afraid of this transit. They're like, oh my gosh, it's the change maker, the chaos creator, Uranus coming to you. I find, found it more, um, I don't want to say, I don't know the troubling is the right word, but more contentious really while it was in Aries. Um, you know, yeah. it got in there, you know, in 2011. And, you know, it's part of the Pluto-Uranus squares, that series of seven exact squares that, you know, just are, are you know, really created a, a lot of difficulty as squares tend to. So now it's moving into a trine, which is a much more harmonious. And if you guys can picture um, Capricorn uh, and Taurus on one side and right in the middle is Neptune and it's in a water sign. And that's what I was talking about when I said um, when we have sextiles, that's another harmonious because they're it's the more receptive um, instead of all that outgoing Aries <laughs> energy. Reactionary. Oh, energy. yeah. And yeah. instigating and starting trouble and <laughs> just get the ball rolling. And I love Aries. Don't, you know, don't misunderstand. I mean, there's a, definitely a place for Aries to, you know, get things started and get the ball rolling. Um, and interestingly enough, next month, in the middle of all the stuff that's going on while the sun goes into Scorpio, Uranus is retrograde right now. And so it will go back into the very late degrees of Aries to finish that transit um, for good or for the next 84 years. So um, between November 6th, I believe is the date it goes back, um, and March, uh, early March, yeah, March 6th of next year, um, it will, um, yeah, it's November 6th. So those four months, it's going to go retrograde back into Aries, then stop beginning of the year, going backwards, move forward. So it's going to be at a whole lot of Aries, like the 29 degree. Um, it yeah. Sto- yeah, it stops at 28 degrees, 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> so that's a lot of Aries that we're going to get. But once it moves into Taurus in March of next year, then it's there till 2026. And um, I was looking at Neptune, it's also in Pisces till 2026. So that's what I was saying about the big three, the ones mm-hmm. that are really like globally, global shapers. Um, those three are in such supportive harmonious and they're like trying to help each other out energies 
Um, and, and again, a lot of this is um, earth. Yeah. So, you know, I think Uranus going into Taurus and Pluto and Capricorn, that seems kind of, I, I can get that. I get the earthiness of it all. But then when I get to Neptune and Pisces, I just, I'm like, oh, I guess that's going to be about art. <laughs> but but I can't really come up with like the other things about it. And I guess <laughs> it's because <laughs> like Pluto's like changing the banking system. Uranus is like going to give us a new, you know, technological then, advance. No one yes. saw coming. And then Neptune's going to be like, oh, I'm going to draw a picture. So, so <laughs> but I don't know that that's necessarily like a, I should hold on to that. Like it seems there's more going on with that Neptune. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, but Neptune, and because it's such a long uh, transit, it started this transit of Pisces back in 2012. So think about that's like 14 oh. years. <laughs> so, of course, we don't keep up with it on that day to day. It's not in our face. And it's just kind of funny that you say that because I, every time I do an interview, I, I'm always interchanging Pisces for Neptune and Neptune for Pisces. And, and, um, both are kind of known for like confusion and nebulous energy and it's kind of here, kind of there. Um, and of course, Pisces is the home of Neptune. So Neptune's at home right now. And it's the way that I like to say is if you've ever seen rocks worn down by the ocean over time. That yeah. is how Neptune works. It is not going to be in your face. Um, however, what you are saying about energies to draw on, I, I would say for anybody listening who's trying to write a book or um, do a creative project, even just having something ocean pictures on your walls um, or on your you know screen your screens um, and tapping into that world. And like you were saying, Christy, meditating with that energy um, to open things up. And it may not be such a logical aha, because like when we're talking about opposite signs, the opposite sign of Pisces is, of course, Virgo, <laughs> which is Mercury world, very mental and very logical. Um, you know, they're, they really are opposites. Um, so it may not come to you like, ah, that's how I'm going to put it all together. But if you go into the Neptunian energy um, and you trust, I would work with all three um, because the earth energies that are in those harmonious angles to it, they're literally on both sides of it. Capricorn on one side and Taurus on the other. You have the support to bring things to fruition and into the material you know, 3D world. Yeah, I feel like we're leaving planets out. <laughs> so maybe we should go through them. So Jupiter, it's like the big expander. Yes, yes. And getting ready to come home, finishing up that rough 12th house stuff. And remember, in the, the ancients, they thought of the 12th house as having the daemons, and that's not demon, that's daemon. And it's about your, like, the lessons you signed up to get here. And some of them come in a kind of a hard form. 
Um, so Jupiter's, you know, like you said, it's it's been having a hard time the last year because it's not only is, is it in its 12th house, which would kind of be challenging for any sign, but it's 12th house of Scorpio. <laughs> so it's going to get all the... <laughs> to get the fun Monsters stuff. Out of the right. Yeah, it, it really is. But I just feel like, I mean, I, I just, my method is writing and I just feel like, gosh, sometimes once you just see it on paper, you didn't realize it was there. But then once you're aware of it, you can really work with it and, and heal whatever it is. But yeah, Jupiter, when it moves into Sagittarius next month, it shifts a lot of things because it's just a happy homecoming and we think of all the Jupiter and you think of all the Sag things. So this next year, um, it'll be there through December of 2019. What I'm seeing is, uh, and I would encourage people, any foreign trips you want to make, that's a very Sagittarian thing, but Sagittarius also is about religion and spirituality. So um, spiritual travels, if you you know, there are ancient places, Stonehenge or the pyramids or what are those, um, or, or those, um, you know. Sacred something. sites. Yes, sacred sites. Like that's what I was trying to think of. Um, that would be an excellent year for that. And mostly the other part is it's fire, It's um, but it's mutable fire. So it's a gentle, happy, sociable, want to get along with everyone um, kind of energy. Yeah, more roasting marshmallows. Yes. <laughs> and, and scorching the earth. Yeah, as, as, if, yeah, if people think of it, Saturn was in Sag 2015 to 2017, and the mutables kind of went through what the fixed have been going through. <laughs> um, and and um, that wasn't fun, Sag, in, you know, because um, Saturn is very much about the rules, and it's got to be this way, whereas Sag is more flexible, and it's like, you know, it could be this way, it could be that way. Um, and it, so that was a tough transit, um, but I, Jupiter coming home, and it's also setting a trend for the next 12 years because this is the, you know, the beginning of the Jupiter cycle, um, you know, that that it takes Jupiter 12 years to go around the around and visit with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> visit old friends. And then yes. how long does it take Saturn to go around? Um, that is two and a half years, roughly. Yeah. So maybe what we're really seeing in this discussion And Saturn's is, home now, too, in Capricorn. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, because so Jupiter is home in Sagittarius. Coming home, home yeah. Coming home in Sagittarius, and then Saturn is already home in Capricorn. Yeah, okay. yes, and that's why that, and, and that was another aspect, glad you reminded me of that, when it was in Sagittarius, which is the sign that comes before Capricorn, that was Saturn doing 12th house stuff. <laughs> so, you know, those two, you know, like had a lot to, to contend with before they could get home and start a new cycle. And the Saturn cycle is, you know, uh, 28 to 29 years. Um, you've all heard about your Saturn return. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's about maturing, but it's happy in Capricorn because they're both conservative. They're both about building structure. Remember, Saturn rules our teeth and our bones. Um, Capricorn is all about 
working and building something um, and, and it doesn't mind taking the time to accomplish things. So those two, you know, Saturn is, does not mind the discipline and the hard work. Um, so those two are getting along fine. Um, and I think even Jupiter, when it goes into Capricorn, you know, um, mm-hmm. December 2019 for a year, that's going to be its second house, which is income and, and um, you know, positive money aspects. And um, so we've, we've got this Capricorn energy really being heightened, um, you know, this year, the end of last year, next year, and then through 2020, I was pulling some charts up for them. So it's very productive, very good um, economic news. That's really great. I yeah. mean, just because it seems... Like, wow. Well, we've all lived through the crash, right? So we've seen the other side of it, you know? So so hopefully lessons learned. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that these cycles sort of overlap and then some planets are moving super fast and others are 256 years later. They're getting around to it. (laughs) Right. Well, I don't don't think we could take a Pluto return too much more often. <laughs> it has been pretty wild and woolly and it's just now like i mean it's it's not even halfway through it's just getting halfway through um it's transit and for people who don't know that the planets when they every sign runs from zero to 29 through 29 degrees and when it starts out that's like a baby whatever it is like we just had a new moon that was like zero degrees of aries or two degrees it was just so cute i was like it's like a baby aries <laughs> but the, every degree gets stronger. And by the time you get to 20 degrees and things being at, you know, 25, 26, like where Scorpio, um, uh, Jupiter is now in Scorpio, that's a whole lot of Scorpio, especially being expanded by Jupiter. So they get stronger as they move through the signs. And Pluto is just, you know, getting to that that strong space. Yeah. So, gosh, so much to look forward to, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I like the big, I mean, we all made it through those those rough squares, the, the Uranus-Pluto squares um, from 2012 to 2015, um, and those are pretty jarring. And so for the planets to shift into more cooperative angles and more harmonious, like, you know, um, mutual yeah. purpose, especially with the Earth signs, I, I think it's it's going to be a lot better. Yeah, I think so. So um, as far as Neptune and Pisces, it sounds like you've been taking classes at uh, Berkeley and working on your music. Yeah. Um, duh, um, so art is coming for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And not, it's so funny. It just slips in there. And that's the beautiful thing about Neptune. It just, all of a sudden, something's there. And yeah, I had some extra time this autumn. And um, there's some music software that I'm studying that's just kind of an industry standard. And um, just really wanted to learn it inside and out. And um, and I ended up in a, I'm in Southern California. So I'm in a climate where I play Celtic harp and um, for a while, I lived in Colorado, and that was really rough. Obviously, you take it out, and it was really dry. It was actually drying the wood in one of my favorite harps. I had to keep humidifiers on it, and I was in Austin, Texas after that. And literally, like, with instruments with, you know, tw- tw- I think my smallest harp has 26 strings, and you take it outside, and it's 
20, 30 degrees hotter, it just starts going out of tune. <laughs> so it's, it was just, um, so yeah, now that I'm like in the Goldilocks climate, um, I'm taking the harp out <laughs> and playing and, and, you know, we, we have a pier and, and, um, they let musicians play up there and that's just really fun. And, you know, just to be with the elements, with the ocean playing music is, doesn't get any more Neptunian. <laughs> Neptunian, and then like you know, Pluto and Capricorn and Uranus and Taurus. I mean, you're you're celebrating the Earth at the same time. Oh, and yeah. you're outside. Yeah, and bringing that and connecting that, you know, to to people as well. You know, that's that's kind of the joy of it too. They really, the harp seems to be one of those instruments that. Um, you just don't get anybody mad at you. <laughs> you know. They're like, oh, that's a harp. I hear a harp playing. It oh, brings an out angel the must best. be nearby. Yes. <laughs> they they really it brings out the best in everybody. And it's so it's and to I've brought it into like um health worker situations and to literally watch this this someone just plop into a chair and the stress roll off of them. Um it, it, there couldn't be any any better gift. Um you know, it's for me to, to to be able to witness that and what an instrument can do, played played for someone. So yeah, it's I mean, it's it's very Neptunian over here. But yeah, with my solid, you know, my solids on either side, my solid Earth signs, because you know, my my Virgo mind would get a little crazy if I went too too into the Neptunian. So I'm glad we got a lot of Earth support. <laughs> so uh, how do uh, people find you for readings? Okay, so and they, you do more than just astrology reading. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, so they can come to elizabethsoracle.com or .co. It's just Elizabeth's Oracle, and in fact, I designed a little special for this. Um, if they want to buy a reading, they just put in the code Inflow Radio, and that will get them ten percent off. And I will throw in a copy of their natal chart with a report that tells them. Okay, if your sun is in Gemini, that's what it means. And your moon is in Cancer, that's what it means. Um, so, yeah, people can email me at elizabeth at elizabethsoracle.com or just come over to the site. And, um, yeah, we do the astrology readings or tarot readings or just intuitive readings, whatever, you know, they're they're comfortable with. But, yeah, it was just, you know, really happy to be on here. And I really wanted to welcome the listeners uh, with a little special. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so thoughtful. That's great. Especially after all these planets we just talked about. I know they're going to be, be somebody like, oh my God, what, what did she say about Mercury again? Um, so, <laughs> so if there's one area coming up in the next couple of months, you know, planetary wise, um, that you might want to say, oh, you should watch out for this. Um, what like advice would you give for the next couple months? Um, the, it depends on someone's sign. I would say for you earth people, that's not even if it's just your sun sign, your moon, your rising, uh, the next seven years are really big for you and to be productive, whether it's working towards a degree or going back to like what or building a business yeah. is there's, I mean, these are incredible once in a lifetime and I'm not even exaggerating aspects and to, to not take so advantage. So tell me who these earth people are. Okay. So that's a Taurus, Virgo and Capricorn. But if your chart, you could be a Leo with six planets and earth signs, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. really important to look at your chart and, see, you know, see what's going on there. Um, and to apply it. And then for my Sages, you guys have been through so much. <laughs> um, I would say you guys have a, a great year 
coming up. And for all the fixed people, um, finally the pressure's coming off. By the time we get through the last um, Leo eclipse in January um, under the sun being in Aquarius, that's the last of that series. Um, you're done and with who the are hammer. The fixed? Are fixed. They're done are, with the hammer. Yeah, tell me yeah, who the people that, who don't have a hammer anymore. That's right. That is uh, Taurus. I mean, Taurus got it double. They're kind of like, I'm good with the earth stuff, but I've been getting hammered by the fixed. But so the fixed are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Um, oh, wait, I'm in there. Yeah, you and I are both in there. Oh, so man. it's been a little bumpy the last year and a half, um, you know, we're coming out of that. So um, uh, hopefully you've made the adjustments as you've needed to and stuff, you know, just came up and had to be dealt with. But, That's okay. I, I, yeah. If I missed anything, there's a Mercury retrograde for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Uranus just dipping back into Aries. That's that's going to be finishing that. Yeah. Up. So okay. if I missed some revolution that I should have started or... Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, how, I guess, how would someone just get started like in astrology or finding out more about it? I mean, for me, it was meditation. Well, that's a great way. And I think, you know, it just depends on what appeals to someone. Um, I would start out with some really basic books. I mean, I'm proud to say I have a copy of Astrology for Dummies. Um, you know, um, and then I also have a lot of other. Uh, there's a wonderful writer called Howard Sesportis, who's you know no longer with us. Um, he's amazing. His his insights into psychology and um, specifically about the big the big three, um, you know, and how they, how they affect us. He's got a great book, um, about that. And, but I would just say, say, start reading, get it, make sure you have a copy of your chart and then really always resonate with what is true for you. Um, try not to get too cluttered and, you know, cause everyone's going to have slightly different interpretations. And I, I would, I, I, I like, study and, and application and see, well, what happened during that transit, <laughs> you know? Um, so, but I, I like your idea as well. You know, I think the meditations um, are another deeper way to to connect. And I've seen them, you know, really work for people, you know, like, again, like people who are a little down and depressed working with Aries um, energy uh, to, to, you know, get moving again. Yeah. So when I find myself getting stuck, like I've heard the word Jupiter too many times in one day, and I'm really bothered by it, then I would sit down and kind of look at that and see what's going on. And in some cases in meditation, I would notice something kind of unusual about the planet. And then, I, of course, I Google it and find out like their axis is completely different or they're backwards compared to other planets. I just They have a corkscrew tail. <laughs> Yeah, and you sometimes know. It, it goes all the way back to the ancient Greek myths that yeah. are around the names of these planets. You know, you may read something in the story, and those were just such, you know, I mean, the Greeks had such insight into human psychology. I and mean, it's amazing um, how much some of that stuff still happens today. <laughs> read it straight out of the headlines, you know, um, in a certain sense. And, and so you may read something in the myth that you identify with, which is, you know, really part of us. Um, I, I think Jung would, would agree with that, um, that those archetypes are, are part of who we are. And um, so maybe dig back into that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Those mythical stories do tell a lot about 
all sorts of planets. That's how I started with the centaurs. Wow. Wow, yeah. But, like, who's and, Chiron? What is this guy? Yeah. What do you mean, wounded healer? What do you mean, maverick? Why is somebody calling that guy a maverick? Like, it just... <laughs> so... You know, yeah, and he's in Aries of, now. <laughs> I have, like I said, I'm not watching <laughs> them too much, but I know he's in Aries now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's just been a kind of a very interesting ride where, you know, I kind of think they're all my friends now. Good. <laughs> they're all my imaginary friends, but they're actually not that imaginary because they're just really far away. Right. Um, it's no, kind, of a, kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm so glad, Elizabeth, that we got to talk today um, and that we got to hear you on Inflow Radio. If folks have questions, they can certainly go to your website at elizabethsoracle.co or .com. Um, they can find uh, you on Facebook and on your website. And um, tell me that email again. Sure, Elizabeth at elizabethsoracle.com. And I have to say, I'm, I haven't I haven't been keeping up the Facebook page for a while, so I should probably look at that and do that during the retrograde and like either <laughs> either finish that up or uh, you know. But but yeah, and like I said, I'm happy to um, for the Inflow Radio listeners give them a copy, email them a copy of their chart um, with the report that explains it so that it's not overwhelming and so they can get their bearings if they order a reading. I'm happy to include that. And like I said, the inflow radio, they'll get a 10% discount um, with their order. So we can get them, you know, some insight personally from me, as well as the, you know, the things that they can keep with them and refer to and so that they, they can see how some of the stuff we've been talking about interacts with, you know, where their, where their, you know, vitals are. <laughs> yeah, where their planet vital signs are. Right. So I, so we started this show off with Venus, and I think we should end with her. Um, so uh, Venus, as retrograde, starts now, or started yesterday, yes. uh, and it finishes up November 16th. Start November Friday, 16th. yeah. Okay. And so the Venus cycle goes till when? Okay, so the Scorpio thing, um, Venus will not get out of Scorpio until the very beginning of the year. And um, like I said, if we do this work of healing and noticing what old stuff still just absolutely, you know, pains us, um, and we work with that energy of healing it, we come into a new year where Mars gets home to Aries, Jupiter is home in Sag, they're making a happy trying. Um, and so we, we really have a, a lot um, of enthusiasm going into the new year, but we do have to dig into this stuff or it would be helpful to clear it out, those heavy, hard, stuck pieces, um, which Venus, while it's retrograde, can help us identify. Okay. All right. So as homework for today's show, I think uh, folks can do a little meditation on Venus and what she might want to show us all in this retrograde and how else we can use that energy. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Elizabeth. I'm so glad we got to walk through all these planets and this has been great. Um, And I really uh, appreciate all the information today. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, we will have we will surf again soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Thanks so much.
Thanks for surfing the psychic waves with me today on inflowradio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me surfing the psychic waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com, the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.